You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Every sin falls under one of those categories. Every sin. And how did Jesus get victory over the devil there in the temptation in the wilderness? Over the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Every time he said, it is written. It is written. It is written. Some of us have heard this, have heard this, have heard this, have heard this. But if you've heard it and haven't applied it, hear it one more time. There's no way I'll grow. There's no way you'll grow in the Christian life apart from the Word of God. Growing in faith and in your relationship with Jesus isn't something you can just will to happen. It requires you to do some work. Today, Pastor Danny will give you practical things to do to help you grow. Spending time in the Word of God is a great place to start. The Bible is your source for learning who God is and why He's created this world. You'll find out all about Jesus and what His life means to you. And you'll see your need for salvation. God's Word gives life and purpose to the follower of Christ. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 with today's edition of The Living Word. I have no doubt I'm going to meet this woman in heaven. The Bible doesn't tell me that, but I have every conviction that this Samaritan woman, she goes back to her town and she goes and begins to say, I met a man that told me everything I ever did. <laughs> I met a man that knows everything about me and he knows I've been looking for love in all the wrong places. And it says the whole town came out to hear him, and they believed, not just because of her testimony, but because of listening to him themselves. I believe I'm going to meet that woman, and I have every assurance that once she became a follower of Jesus Christ, she cleaned up that living situation. She purified her life. I have no idea what it was that opened the door for a woman named Mary Magdalene to be possessed by seven demons. But she met Jesus one day, and Jesus set her free. He became her deliverer. And I'll guarantee you Mary Magdalene made some decisions that wouldn't allow that open door again for Satan to rob her and enslave her like he had for who knows how long. First stop, on the way into the promised land for the children of Israel. The Old Testament tells us the story was Jericho. And remember, the spies go into Jericho, and they are housed while they're there by a woman named Rahab. She's a prostitute. She's a prostitute. But she hears about this God of Israel. She comes to believe in this God of Israel. She puts her faith in the God of Israel, and she is saved, literally, physically, from the judgment that comes upon the people of Jericho. And you better believe when she left Jericho and she left not just geographically Jericho, she left the lifestyle. She left it and she became part of the family of God. She would end up marrying a prince in Israel. And she would, if you read the New Testament record and the genealogy of Jesus Christ, she becomes the great, great grandmother of King David. And through her line comes Jesus the Christ. Oh, no. 
Rahab. She added to her faith in the God of Israel. She added moral excellence. She cleaned up her life. If you don't get this one, you'll never go any further. This is it. This, hey, you'll never go any further without this one. Before we go to the next one, and I spent a lot of time on this one, but I think it's necessary. The Passover is an amazing feast that God established. And the New Testament Passover is uh, our communion service as believers whenever we come and take the bread and the cup. But the Passover meal instituted, they would slay the Passover lamb, they would apply the blood, and then they would have a meal. They would eat of the meat and partake. And it's so interesting because they would slay the Passover lamb and apply the blood at twilight in the evening. And immediately thereafter would begin the next day. The next day in the Jewish calendar would be 6 p.m. that evening. So you slay the Passover lamb, apply the blood, have the communal meal, and then immediately you entered into a second feast that was inseparable from the Passover feast. As a matter of fact, they're two. They're looked at as one. It's the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And because now you've been delivered from Egypt, the world, and because you've applied the blood of the lamb to your life, the very natural next thing is you spend a whole week and all you do is look for leaven in your house. And leaven in the Bible represents sin. All you do is begin to get the leaven out of your life. That's moral excellence. Clean up your life. Since I became a Christian, there are certain movies I will not watch. Since I became a Christian, there are certain books I will not read. There are certain magazines I will not take part in. Just won't do it. Won't do it. Sometimes places I'll avoid going because I know if I go there, it won't be good. The second is knowledge. The word means a seeking to know, and it especially has to do with seeking for spiritual truth. Peter writes in 1 Peter, and he says, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. He's talking about the Word of God. Crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. Romans 12 says we're not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Just verse after verse, Psalm 119, David wrote, verse 11, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Jesus, when tempted there in the wilderness by the devil, we have three recorded temptations, but there were more than that. But the three mentioned are because it was lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Those are the ones recorded because every sin falls under one of those categories. Every sin. And how did Jesus get victory over the devil there in the temptation in the wilderness? Over the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Every time he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. Some of us have heard this, have heard this, have heard this, have heard this. But if you've heard it and haven't applied it, hear it one more time. There's no way I'll grow. There's no way you'll grow in the Christian life apart from the Word of God. And if all the Word of God you're getting is one Sunday a week from a big mouth like me, there is no way you're growing the way God intends you to grow. won't happen. can't happen. Give us this day our daily bread. Every day has enough evil. I need the Word tomorrow. And I need it early. Early. Now let me say very quickly. For babies, babies, and some people, you know, you got saved 10 years ago, but you're still a baby because you haven't applied some of these things, you haven't grown. So whether you just got saved or whether you were saved 10 years ago, babies need to be fed. 
Uh, when I first started reading the Bible as a new Christian, I wasn't real successful. I didn't get a lot out of it. I'd read and I'd go, I just don't get that. I don't get it. All right. But what I did have is I had people teaching and preaching to me pretty much on a daily basis, pretty much on a daily basis. And with the technology we have, listen, let me remind you, if you receive from me, then listen to my big mouth tomorrow, get a podcast or get a CD or whatever. But whoever it is you receive from and make sure they're teaching truth, they're teaching the Bible every day. Put that bottle in, man. Put that bottle in. We need it every day. You'll never grow without it. Number three to add to my faith, the self-control. Now, this is one of the mysterious ones because Galatians 5.23, this is not the only one, but it's interesting because it mentions it as a fruit of the Spirit. So that's something heaven does. That's something that the Spirit does. But at the same time, I have something that I'm responsible for. So it's a work of God, work of the Spirit, but it takes my cooperation. One of the passages that just hit me square in between the eyes not long after I became a Christian was 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 3. Let me just read it for you. It's God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. That was a real challenge in my life. Still can be a challenge today. And I'm a happily married man. Happily married man. That each of you should learn to control his body. That's what hit me. Learn to control his body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who don't know God. And I knew right away, I needed to do this. I needed to learn to control my body. And so I began looking away from the low skirt or the low blouse. I began looking away from billboards or et cetera, et cetera. I began practicing self-control in the area of sexual temptation. I'm a happily married man at 56. I still have to do that every day. Let me just throw a word of encouragement, uh, exhortation. If you think marriage will solve your sexual temptation problems, you are deceived. <laughs> you are deceived. And you can have the happiest marriage to the best looking person in the whole world, at least to you. All right. That won't solve your sexual temptation problems. Mark my word. And without this developed in my life, Without this maintained in my life, I'm going down. I'm going down, even though I'm a happily married man. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul says, Therefore, I don't run like a man running aimlessly. I don't fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself would not become a castaway. Life will be difficult. It's inevitable and part of being a resident of this fallen world. The question then becomes, how do you handle unexpected trials? Through this study in the book of 1 Peter, Pastor Danny has been encouraging you to take your troubles to your Savior. He cares for you and is the strength and comfort that you crave. Are you facing an unexpected or frustrating situation today? Can we pray for you? There's strength in lifting one another up in prayer, and we're honored to do that for you. Send us an email at info at ccfstepete.church. Would you pray for us here at The Living Word too? As our ministry grows, we always want to make sure that we're seeking Jesus first and our ideas second. His guidance is what we need. Would you pray that we'd recognize His voice always? Thanks for praying. 
Do you live in or near St. Petersburg? If so, we have a special invitation for you. Pastor Danny and all of us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship would love to have you join us for our weekend services. We gather on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. And your presence would be such a blessing to us. Find out more and get directions at ccfstpete.church. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to hear another message from Scripture right here on The Living Word.